Hey! You? Uh, it's me, Nick, your bestest of friends, uh, otherwise known as Veruna. I'm here before the episode starts to kind of give you a rundown of what to expect. Uh, this week's episode's gonna be a little bit different. We just finished fighting the Brunmiggy, and we're kind of on the next leg of our journey, and we've leveled up to level three! Woo 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 woo! Which means we all get a bunch of really cool new stuff. So we decided to focus this week on leveling up and let you guys listen in on that so you hopefully won't be as confused as to why we've got a bunch of cool new knickknacks. Uh, let us know if you like this kind of episode and maybe when we level up again in the future we can do another one. Otherwise, I really hope you enjoy. Are we doing the leveling up thing on for everyone else to hear, or are we just going to do a... Yeah, why not? I, I was curious, because mine is complicated. That's kind of the point. Neat. Because wow. there's, there's people that apparently listen that don't know anything about D&D. Well, I feel that's like good, stuff like this I don't know shit about it either. That's <laughs> fair. Same. But I think, I think it's super helpful that we have episodes like this to kind of help people understand, like, what you guys are doing and na 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 and stuff. So, a serious question for the group: Mm-mm. Do you want me to pick some things that I know the group is all for, but then come up with an own little story as to how it happened, and you be surprised, or do you want to be a part of deciding here? Yes, Thank I would. You. I would be part of the deciding, but okay. <laughs> Basically, do you want a repeat of? Episode three. When did you Dan all meet? shows up with new animals? <laughs> Pretty much. No. Or do you want to? You know, I'm getting a Velociraptor. Spoiler alert! I have found it what? in the fifth edition handbook that Velociraptors are a thing. And since yeah. this is D and D based <laughs> no, off the fifth edition, that should mean that I get a Velociraptor. No, you're not getting a Velociraptor. Uh, why not, Luke? Because Velociraptors do not exist in this cloth. Uh, prove it. Um, have you ever seen one? Yes, it means no, Bitey. This is Bitey. Congratulations, he is my pet Velociraptor. Well, already I looked, and uh, now with my third level... I gained the skill Silver Tongue, which means I know a little of many languages and I can hold a simple conversation in any of the tongues of men and even those of the Jotun and know a few common phrases in the tongue of others, such as all for our spirits, enough to offer a greeting, shout a warning, or insult someone. So this is going to get wild. Why does that fit you so perfectly? <laughs> I know how to find this the is... bathroom, to <laughs> shout a warning, and to insult them, and that's it. This, in every I, language. Look, I knew when I first read about the Vulvas in the this book that that's the character I wanted to do. I mean, that's totally fair, but it's just one of those times where it's like, wow, this 100% fits and it's almost scary. Did you yeah. write this? Okay, so, so the hit points, we're just going to start there. 
Uh, it says uh, 1d8 plus constitution modifier per level. So that's 9 times 3. I get 27? Yes. Cool. And you also cool. increase your hit die, so you, not, you would now have 3d8. Do we get an extra per level? What's the uh, difference between yeah. hit points and hit die? So the hit die are the, the dice that you roll when you want to heal Okay. when you rest. Um, you can also use different um, things like your abilities. Like Grandma, you have an ability that essentially forces people to use a hit die to heal, but that's like a combat-oriented thing. Yep. It's, it's one of the very few ways that you can heal outside of like resting for a week and healing okay. naturally. I still only get one command and one tactic, but I get another order, so that's cool. Yep. Oh, and you also get a um, your pass, basically. Which will give you some perks or maybe different abilities, depending on what you pick. We're going to take this one step at a time, Luke. <laughs> okay. So when your character gains a level, uh, their class often grants additional features that are detailed in your description in the book. Uh, so follow the book with your class. Uh, some of these features will allow you to increase your ability scores, either increasing two scores by one each or increasing one score by two. Uh, you, can, you cannot increase one of your ability scores more than 20. So 20 is the cap for your ability score increases. In addition, your proficiency bonus will increase at particular levels. You're not quite there yet, so you don't have to worry about that. Each time you gain a level, you gain one additional hit die, roll that hit die, add your constitution modifier to the roll, and add, your, add to your hit point maximum. I'm bypassing the roll entirely. You just get your maximum hit die. And then when your constitution modifier increases and your um, bonus goes up by one, you get that extra one bonus to each one of your levels. So it, like, One more time? So let's say um, someone has an uneven number for their constitution and they add one to it for like a level game or a perk. And that increases the bonus by one. So you add your hit die plus your constitution modifier. If that modifier increases, that increase applies to every one of the levels retroactively. And then your proficiency bonus, that will increase at level five. So you don't have to worry about changing any of your skills or anything like that yet. And then for those listening, yeah. Uh, we're using a a method of leveling up called um, like milestone leveling. Rather than keeping track of all the hit point or not hit points, the experience points and adding those up and doling out experience for different actions or decisions, also combat. Um, we're just taking it by milestones. So every so often in the story. There's going to be some major event where our characters are going to gain a level. And the last one, which is they freed 
the town of Fjol from the Curse of the Brumbiggy. I feel that's a pretty significant event. So I think they should get a level for that. Woo! Yeah. Uh, maybe I should do my intro. But this one's going to be a, a mm. fun one to cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Where is it? Okay, hi. Uh, welcome to Hell or High Water. Whoa, I'm whoa, Luke. whoa, whoa, whoa. I was just cheering for you. Oh, oh. that that goes woo, woo, woo. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, oh. that's, that's better, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, hold up now. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I am Luke, your game master for this 5th edition Viking Encampment Adventure. And with me today are our raiders. I am Ulf. I am Arn. I am Veruna. I'm Grandma. And as always, we're using the 5e campaign setting Iskloft by Lloyd Collins and Scald Publishing LTD. A link to the settings PDF handbook is in the description below if you're interested in running it with your own friends. Also, please take a second to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and leave a comment below. It doesn't really mean a whole lot to you, but it means everything to us because it gets us out to a wider audience. And in a word like the one we shared today, we can hopefully bring some more entertainment to some more people. Thanks. Tusen tak. Dankeschön. Gracias. Manjetak. Uh, yeah, so leveling up uh, is pretty simple at this level. There's not a whole ton of stuff that goes on. But um... Um, under orders. It has strike. As an action on your turn, you can allow an ally that can see or hear you within 30 feet of you to make an attack as a free action. Mm -hmm. So that is that my free action? Uh, you get unlimited free actions. So it doesn't really matter whose free action it is because it doesn't count towards your action. So, so a free action on my turn is that somebody else also gets to smack yes. whomever. Yes, and it's a basic attack, so... Like, for example, um, I don't know, Brett, if, or sorry, Ulf, if you attack uh, with both weapons during your turn and Grandma gives you this command, you only get to hit with one. Mm. Or don't they get that on my turn and do they get that their next turn then? Uh, that, I think that's an immediate effect. Okay, so, like, so I can, go, I can, you know, hit well. the thing with both of my axes and then turn to, to Ulf and be like, strike. Uh, let me see. And that's an order? It's an order. And it's called strike? So as an action on your turn, so you would have to use your action to allow an ally to make an attack for free. So you would not be able to attack and then use so That's really only useful if I'm sticking to my melee. And they're closer than I am. Right. Or let's say in combat with multiple opponents, if you take your guy down and then it'll take you a turn to get somewhere, you'd be like, screw it. I'll move closer and command whoever's next to them to attack. It just keeps up that action economy in the, in the uh, combat. And then uh, we could go person by person and kind of look at what, your class does okay. what kind of upgrades you're getting and discuss kind of moving forward as far as how that's going to affect you playing the game. 
and then the stat kind of things like your hit points or modifiers or stuff like that that can kind of just get thrown in there with that discussion too so who wants to go first When do I get to be a warlord? Uh, I think you get your archetype at this level. Sweet. Is that the third one? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at him last night, and I was like, "That that's totally grandma. <laughs> I mean, I, you got banner bearer, you got tactician, and then you got warlord. And I don't know. I don't really see myself. first. <laughs> You said backwards, so I'm just going with it. So tactician is like mass combat, and I don't see us doing that. Uh, Banner bearer is a command troops, be a bulwark, 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 and to inspire allies with my glorious banner. And so I think I'm more of a warlord. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I would I would agree, and I think the warlord not only just fits the character better, but is also going to be more beneficial. To a smaller play group. Okay. Uh, um, but this is putting you more in that like frontline leadership role and being yeah. a lot more aggressive. Yep. To choose this archetype at third level, you gain three warlord decrees, additional tactical moves you have learned. But then you get a uh, warlord die, which is kind of like hit die, but uh, have different rules to them. Um, you would gain four warlord hit dice, and you get an additional die at seventh level, and it's a d8, so it, it matches your hit die. Um, so that should be easy to t- keep track of the number at least. Uh, you regain used warlord dice after completing a short or long rest. So those come back a lot faster than the hit die. And some of your maneuvers will require a saving throw, which is a role that I have to do, and I have to beat the difficulty class of that throw, which for you, it would be 8 plus your proficiency bonus plus your charisma modifier, which I believe would be, is that 14? My charisma modifier? Yeah, so 8 so plus So my charisma is 4 is uh, 16, and then I make my modifier is plus 3. Okay, so you have a plus 3, so it would be 13 for your um, DC difficulty class for saving throws. What that means in-game is if you force me to roll a saving throw, I have to meet that number or beat it. So you get to be a DM kind of on that end. Sweet. And then you get decrees, which are like your tactics, orders, and commands. Uh, Those are a little bit different. Uh, They're a little bit more exciting because you get some more cool things you can do with them. Uh, What were you uh, thinking about as far as taking there? Well, I just started looking at them, so... And of course, also, when, when do I get to choose a heftier? Because apparently I get to choose a heftier. Yep, uh, you'll get that option. Let's see, when do you get that option? 
uh, further answers. Anything else you're looking at that sounds cool? Anything you want to share? Uh, you can talk about like what you as grandma envision like doing. Like what is your what well, is grandma? Okay, so all there's about? there's eight there's eight decrees that I could pick from, and I get three of them. So I want at least one um, for me, one for an ally, and one for a heal. So. I think catch your breath as an action. One ally within 30 feet of you regains hit points equal to your warlord die plus your charisma modifier. So they regain 11 points. Wow. If they're about to die. That sounds cool. That That is actually really good. And I mean, considering you have, what, 27? That's almost half your after life come back yep 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 i honestly don't understand the flanking maneuver i make an attack mm -hmm. add my die to the damage and then an ally can move up their speed by using their reaction yep so they would trade their reaction action for their turn in that that go around well, that doesn't sound the, the most useful of the but it allows one of your allies to move closer to an enemy or closer to your enemy. Um, it's, it's basically doing exactly what is called a flanking maneuver. So you are, um, let's say, are you making an attack? Yeah, you're, you make an attack, which is kind of distracting who you're fighting with so someone else can move around them. That's kind of the idea behind that one. I'm going with catch your breath and concerted strike. Um, just like strike, it uh, it gives uh, somebody else advantage. Or maybe that's focus. I have to scroll back up because now I get to do many, <laughs> many things. Yeah, and the the Herseer class is really cool in that you have all kinds of like little abilities that you can use during combat, and they, I think the Herseer are basically an an analog to the Paladin for normal D and D settings. Um, so you've got access to kind of these, these abilities and these commands and these tactics all enable you to do cool little things where the paladin on the other side has access to divine magic to allow you to do all these like little effects and give bonuses and, and cause people to move around and stuff. So uh, third one, I'm going to go with guide because uh, if anybody hits a nat 20, I can add my warlord die to the result of their attack roll. Nice. Extra damage. Yeah. Uh yep. Yep. We're gonna and then um uh let's go finish him. As an action, select an ally that can see and hear you. Next time that ally hits with an attack uh, against the target I chose, uh they do additional damage equal to my charisma modifier plus my herser level. And that's an order? Yeah. Uh yep, that's an order. So I have one command, one tactic, two orders, and three warlord decrees. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Do I get to move any of my numbers around? Uh, no, Other I don't than hit so points this, and hit die? Yeah, so this level is, is pretty simple. Um, this just is your gateway into your subclass. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it, I think level three here is really cool. In that most classes will be like, okay, I get to do cool new stuff. Um, 
as far as like stats and everything, really the only thing you really need to worry about is your hit points. And I'm still double checking on that uh, heftier question because I'm not entirely sure when you gain those heftier. Um, some of the classes will tell you like, hey, you get a heftier now. And seventh. Seventh level, yeah. I can do it at level four. Well, aren't you special? I've been told that much my life. <laughs> not, not sure if it's for the reason you think it is. I thought it was because I'm a cool personality. Yep, that. Yep, that's the answer. Oh, yeah. See, ha! Hmm. Told you. Isn't that right, Varuna? <laughs> I was not listening. That tracks. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. So while Grandma was leveling up, I um, I was looking through the book and doing some stuff myself. Um, so I've added my my new hit die. I've updated my hit points. So now I get twenty seven total hit points, which is dope. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. At level three, I gain um, the feat Silver Tongued, which means I know many little languages. Um, I think I said that at the beginning of the episode, so I won't go into that. Other than that, I did get a new spell. um, Because I get a new spell each level. So I chose um, But a Glimpse of Its Flight. Um... Passing time one minute, range self, duration, it's concentration for one minute. And I can cast the spell a number of times equal to my wisdom modifier per short or long rest. You know the fifth secret spell of Odin, which will protect you from missiles that speed towards you. You gird yourself against the slings and arrows of your enemies. To do so, you must take an arrow and cut the rune algies into your chest. You must then take a drop of spit, a drop of salt water, and a drop of hallucinogenic mushroom tea and rub it into the carving. For the duration, you gain the following effects. When you are hit with a ranged weapon attack, you can use your reaction to have that attack miss you instead. Or you you have advantage of dexterity saves against effects that you can see or hear. Coastal basically just anti- archer ability like one-time use i don't get hit by something pretty much yeah um, you stabbing yourself yeah also and then i found hallucinogenic also i forgot that you had hallucinogenic mushrooms yeah now i know what they're for <laughs> <laughs> they're a spell they're track so good. yeah um other than that um i don't get a new like archetype because i as a side there, you get you choose your archetype at the very beginning. So yep. let's I'm pull pick Vulva. Um so yeah, that's kind of it for me. There's not too much too much new stuff unless I'm missing something. And you get a, a increase to your hit die. Yep. You get your new spell. Mm-hmm. Your new song of Odin, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. but I yeah, say, like you said, Seder are are interesting. Because they choose their archetype right away. Yeah. Which is different than any other class, but this will get you into kind of what you are doing with magic and Iskloft right away. So instead of choosing like a wizard 
and then later on going, okay, I'm going to be a destruction wizard. Uh, right away, you're choosing whether you're like a wizard, a warlock, or a sorcerer. Exactly. And that's kind of how Iskloff feels, at least to me, having played normal D&D. Um, yeah. So those who have played normal D&D will, I hope, understand that. Um, and then for people that don't know D&D at all, well, hopefully you understood that too, because I don't know how to put it more simply. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, um, unless there's something else I'm missing, I think that's it for me. Cool. And then um, kind of looking at where you came from as well, Runa, like, um, obviously, Seder, you're a Volva. What, what does that really mean to the game? Like, we've seen you do some stuff. We've, we know you sing and dance and play music. <laughs> but what does it, like, really mean? Like, how are you coming up with this character based on your class? So, Volva uh, is their type of magic user in Iskloff. Um, and it, most of Iskloff magic is not super, uh, not, most people are not very fond of magic or people who use magic. So it's a bit of an outclass or out, um, outlawing kind of um, class. Uh, but vulvas tend to um, do a lot of like the rituals and the religious rites. Um, they are historically, um, they were women who would help the Gothis, who are, you know, another religious figurehead in, in ancient Norse culture. Um, so, I mean, what, what, I, I guess I, I'm not entirely certain what exactly you're asking, Luke. No, no, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, okay. The the vulva in Iskloft specifically, like, why did you choose that? And oh, and how does it fit inside the world too? Well, well, I chose vulva because um, it's one of the classes that Iskloft has that is actually based on historical positions and society. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I also really wanted to do magic uh, because I I like playing magic characters when I'm playing regular D and D, um, and uh, but also something I like about the Vulva as well is that she's not like completely reliant on her spells. She also is very um, adept at fighting melee, uh, so that's why like I have you know, medium armor, I have war axe and shield and everything like that. Um, yeah, and I just like the 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 ritualistic side of of, of the vulvas. Um, and this idea that Beruna has been training to be a vulva for her entire life and is now finally starting to actually live up to that. You're the complicated one, aren't you? <laughs> and thus the reason I wanted to pick this character. To make as much of a headache for Luke as possible. I mean, there's... Okay, so there's a couple of different ways we can go with your choice. Because I'm pretty sure I know what you're picking. Even though we've talked about it a few times. 
pretty certain I know what you're picking. There's a couple of ways we can go with that, and we can discuss that once we talk about what you're actually picking. So uh, go ahead, Arn. Tell us what you're doing. <laughs> well, at level three, I get to pick the, the archetype for Kirangir. And so one of them is I could do either marksman or a sneaky guy. Both good, but the one that I think sounds the most interesting is Packmaster. So this one says that basically I'm going to get another animal companion and be able to do more things with them. So hopefully yeah, this, this time Arky doesn't almost die. <laughs> yeah, this this one is specifically like if you want to have an animal companion that you can command in combat and you basically are building this animal team where you are your own mini party inside the party of everyone else. That is correct. Because of my, for the listeners that may be wondering, my earlier choices in the game gave me access to Barky and Hockey earlier than what would normally happen. So when I hit level three here and Packmaster, I'd get yet another animal companion to be able to do things with. So yeah, and I'm no, going, you're not getting a Velociraptor. Um, a why not, sir? It says here, I at third level, I gain a beast companion, and blah blah blah. Choose a beast that is no larger than medium and has a challenge rating of something or other. I am looking at the Velociraptor in the D and D thing here, and it says, "Oh, look at that small beast, huh? That's a little small, is littler than medium. So Velociraptor, it is." Boom, bitey, meat bitey. Are Velociraptor, I, Velociraptors, I don't think, are small. I'm literally looking at the thing on... It's a teacup Velociraptor. Oh, okay, gotcha. It just hatched, okay? It's a little sensitive it's a about its size. You gotta, don't bring it up. Don't listen to them, bitey. Okay, just for uh... the record, pretty sure Velociraptors are literally the size of a chicken. The ones you're thinking of from the first Jurassic Park are Utah raptors. That's true. Yeah, you're right. All right. Well, Velociraptors are six. small and bitey, and they will still get you. Well, that's great, because I'll get another animal companion at level five, I believe. Or six. Level six or seven. One of them. Uh, what so, yeah. Challenge rating? That one, your challenge rating is one half. I have literally, if we're going to focus in here again, I don't know what that means. But yes, the challenge rating, according to the thing, is one half or lower. Cool. Uh, to clarify challenge rating, uh, a challenge rating is given to all of the monsters that are in the various books for D&D. And like if it's a challenge rating 10, that means it is a on-par encounter for a party of 10th level adventurers. So having a challenge rating of one half means having a few of them fight a party of level one characters is on par for the difficulty that they should be facing. Huh. Which they do this at this number because your companion would be one half all of you are going to be three because you have character classes. So four challenge rating threes and a one half. So as a group, you would be probably on par or higher 
than what you should be facing at your level. You can do a badger, a black bear, a boar, an eagle, ooh, a giant badger. I've already a got giant rat. Don't need another ooh, one. A giant weasel. There's a joke there too, but you're not playing the game, so. Uh, um, you can have a raven. I've already got hockey. You can have a wolf. Ooh, you could do a swarm of ravens. Just have a friggin' <laughs> murder follow you around. So much poop. <laughs> Don't worry, we will fertilize these fields, no problem. <laughs> Go, my flock of ravens. Hey, it's better than a flock of seagulls. How says you? I'd have a distinctive look in everything. I'm glad someone got that. Uh huh. Uh huh. We'll just go to the hair salon over there, and boom. <laughs> Get a perm. Yeah. Looks sweet. <laughs> so you got uh, some pretty basic options. If you figure like a basic generic woodland animal, you could probably pick from that. Uh, we'll go. You guys want a bear or a wolf to follow me around? I mean, both I would of say those sound really bear. cool. I would bear. say bear, but bear. I also know bear. you are a Wolfendar, so I feel like naturally you would already have a wolf. But maybe, maybe we Barky. Barky's a dog. A wolf is like a dog, but bigger. And stringier, oh. as we learned previously. Yeah. Yep. A bear, though. So, just so you're also to... got, you two are aware, I will be getting a wolf later on in this adventure. Oh well, then get a bear. Get a bear. Oh, you could you could do an elk, and get rid of horsey, and just ride around on this majestic elk. I really want to do what you just said because that would be. So fun to ride around on an elk and send in my pack of other creatures, but I'm I'm hearing bear. And you can also that, ride the bear. I like to picture Arn as a bit of a bear, so mm -hmm. okay, but picture him riding the bear. Oh, I'm oh, training Barky I'm to ride the bear <coughs> into battle. This is happening. So Question for you, Luke, for simplicity's sake. If I choose bear, can I just use the first little blurb at the end of the book on 103 for the its stuff, or no? Uh, let me double check, see if it matches up. So, animals, bears. Uh, that is a snow bear. Which I think is... Close enough. No, no. Yeah, Haven't dope. you seen the commercials? All I have to do is offer it a Coca-Cola, and it's my friend. <laughs> so you're saying it's a Coke bear. I like to plead the fifth and not incriminate myself. <laughs> if you're saying it's a Coke bear, I can run with that. Um, but you probably wouldn't like the outcome. I mean, it just depends on when I have to unleash the Coke bear. You're not just going to let me pick the one at the back of the book for simplicity, are you? Uh, no, I just sent you the stat block for it because 
I mean, if you compare the stats for what I sent you to the one in the book, um, the one in the book is definitely like a challenge rating one. So I'm advanced. Lay off. Doesn't doesn't the class uh, here? Let's see. Where is it? Doesn't don't you get to go up in challenge rating at some point? How would I know this? You read the book. You know you I don't me. read. You tell me you want something here, and you have no idea what you're talking about. Does that not track? Yeah, that's true. Okay, so <clears throat> we're we're going with the bear. Um, I can I can share like a, the wolf stat block as well if you'd like to just compare them. We don't have to decide right this second. Um, mostly because we're not playing, and I would have to come up with a way for you to get this animal. It'll probably be something fairly easy and uncomplicated to do so. But so if my challenge rating goes up, <clears throat> I it <clears throat> never brings up in any of the stuff that I read here. In all seriousness, about mm-hmm. what my challenge rating for this stuff is, um, because under Packmaster, I get. All those things, unless it says at like level seven mm-hmm. and level ten, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. The at seventh level, the maximum challenge rating of your beast can have increases to one. So, so if I get the black seven, bear, will it evolve into polar bear? Can I play uh, Pokemon could, during yeah. this adventure? You could. Oh my god, guys! So if I take a wolf, can I get? A Varger by the end of it? Might be awkward because I'm wearing a cloak, but maybe it lets us know who's in charge. Uh, they are a large beast, so no. Okay, let's go with a bear. One bear. Okay, so you have now a bear, which will in-game show up somehow. What bear do? What What can do with bear? What can I do with the bear? Well, it is now a bonded companion. Uh, I can add the beast's armor class, attack rolls, and damage rolls to my proficiency, or I add my proficiency to its. The hit points are equal to its statistics, or five times my curing gear level, whichever is higher. Um, It has a proficiency in wisdom saving throws and saving throws corresponding to its highest ability score. And I can choose to let my beast spend hit die from my pool during a short rest to regain hit points. It has exceptional training, so now the beast obeys my commands as best it can. It takes turns on my initiative, though it doesn't attack unless I command it to. I can use bonus actions to command the beast to use its reaction to take the attack action. Holy god, there's a lot of text to this. Oh, uh, <laughs> once I have the extra attack feature, I can have it attack. If I'm incapacitated or absent, the beast acts on its own, focusing on protecting you and itself. So you guys uh, will eventually now have a new companion, Barry. And... Most likely. <laughs> and that's He's it. He's going to so... my best friend. I also found the answer to the previous question. And then answer answer the previous like the old question about the heft deer, which are for those familiar with 
your typical D&D. Those are your feats. Um, you can choose to get one on your character improvement levels. So, for example, next level, you can choose a heftier or one of the feats from the core D&D book, handbook. Or you can increase one of your ability scores by two or two of them by one. So that's, that's your character improvement levels. That's what that's going to look like. Next up. Oh, hello. <laughs> Hi. I didn't see you there. <clears throat> I really, okay, we need to do a video. <laughs> Uh, um okay so um it says for um the dringer um at third level you choose an archetype which you strive to emulate in your combat styles and techniques um, good luck on the pronunciation <laughs> yeah um so I, I I looked through quite a few of them, um, and without being able to pronunciate them properly, um, I I feel like uh, the um, <laughs> now I just want to mess it up. <laughs> the who's Carol? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you picked on the easy one. Yeah, <laughs> that's, not, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Um, the Hoss Carl? Yes, the Hoss Carl. Um, husky boy. Uh, you got a husky? I thought husky. I got the animals. Um, <laughs> I don't want this husky. It's too whiny. Um, it uh, sounds a bit the most like Ulf um, as far as, you know, when it says play this character or this archetype if uh, you want to be heavily armored. Uh, an immovable object. You want to protect your allies, and you want to be hard as nails. <laughs> uh, want to uh, be. Not necessarily are, but want to be. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> but um, I kind of feel like Ulf is just kind of tank boy anyway, so this makes a lot of sense. Um, also, being from the, um, you know, Iron Eyes lands, like, Reaver didn't really sound much mm -hmm. well it does a bit but like it i don't see ulf being fast moving at all yeah or the, rather adaptable yeah um, the reaver is kind of like a monk in yes Andy. yeah and then um you know the uh is it uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just uh that, go for it. <laughs> that that first one the um he also again near or gang near um being like somewhat yes but like i don't see ulf being a brutal a brutal warrior necessarily mm. so that didn't really make sense and then the hell balder yeah that one um ulf doesn't really want to be um wielding like a famous weapon like there is no use of that um and I don't really think he cares about like terrifying enemies. It's mm -hmm. just like if you're my enemy, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> so like the that's the the Huskarl made the most sense to me. Um, 
as far as like Ulf goes. And that that was kind of the direction I was thinking too. Mm-hmm. For you was it was a it was a toss up for me between Jorvaldor and Huskarl. Uh huh. Because um because you're Yarnogger, you're known for like smithing and all kinds yes. of stuff. And it would kind of make sense with your et for Hjorvaldr that you create your own weapon and gain a lot of fame for mm-hmm. using that weapon. Yep. Um, but as far as like how Ulf is manifesting in game, I think that that a Huskarl makes a little bit more sense because yeah, yeah, you're you're very protective of the group. Um, not necessarily like the joke about wanting to be hard as nails, but you're very like kind of shy. And I feel like that is a good character progression to start coming out of at this point because yep. the, the archetype is like, okay, I'm going to get serious about stuff. People have nearly died multiple times. I need to do yep. something to you know, make myself harder so I yep. can face this loft in a way that it needs to be faced. Yeah, exactly. I felt like it was a really good way um, for Ulf to grow um, and, you know, still have that, like, I'm going to protect you, um, but I'm also going to kind of find my own. Mm-hmm. So for Huskarl, uh, what do you get for that? What what makes Huskarl stand out against other subclasses? Yeah, um, I mean, I think um, the, um, I mean, in general, all of these classes are like, you're a warrior, you're just, you, you've been in battle, you've done a lot, um, but I think um, for the Huskarl, uh, you know, the the very beginning, you know, who is it that stands at the center of a shield wall? Who is it that guards the Jarl's life? Um, I feel like all of these points, it was like, yeah, that would be Ulf. Yep, that's Ulf. Um, without even thinking, it's just like, yeah, this is what I would do. Um, and, um, oh, I made notes and I can't even read my own writing. So that's fine. <laughs> um, the life of a gamer. <laughs> right? I have all kinds of notes. Look if at my notes. Them. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, I was, I was actually watching a a different stream, a, a different D and D stream the other yeah, night, right. and and <laughs> uh, one of the players is actually doing exactly what you're doing. They're like, "Oh no, I know, I know who that person is." Hold on, I have I have notes, and they're flipping through their notebook, and they could barely read anything they'd written. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, I don't know hilarious. why I ever take notes. It's very normal. <laughs> yeah. Um. And let's see. Um, I do get to it says when a creature you see attacks a target within five feet of you, um, other than yourself, you can use uh, your reaction to impose a, di- a disadvantage on the attack roll. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Oh, my cat has things to say about this. <laughs> um, and uh, let's see. I don't know. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and then um, as a Drenger, you get um, heavy armor proficiency, I think, right out the gate. Yes. Um, so being a Huskarl, you get actually a benefit to wearing heavy armor and a helmet. So Hell if you yeah. have both those, um, you actually get um, damage helmets. reduction. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. 
Um, can I wear them both at the same time? You can, but you will not benefit from it. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, so you get an extra one to your armor class, making you a little bit more tanky. I think the really cool part about that is, though, is you get damage reduction based mm. on your constitution modifier. So any damage coming at you that is slashing, bludgeoning, or piercing, which is basically everything. I was just going to say, is there magic, something that's not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, gets, what, minus three? Is your cotton modifier three? Yes. Yep. Yeah, so that's that's a significant reduction. Yeah. Uh, at least at this level. Obviously, so, like, the most you can reduce it is five if you have a maximum of 20 con, but still. Yeah. Do, so does that mean when, like, when we are starting to engage in a battle or if I know something is coming, I have to say, like, I am putting on my armor, including my helmet? Um, if you typically go around without your helmet on or without your your armor, yeah. uh, armor does take longer than you expect to don and doff. Mm-hmm. So if you're going into combat or a situation where you feel there may be combat, I'll suggest just wearing it in. Okay. Um, Cause putting it on as initiative starts, you're going to spend a few turns. Hang on guys. Putting on your armor. Yeah, exactly. I'm tying my shoes. <clears throat> yeah. So far, okay. I've kind of assumed that as you're traveling through dangerous areas, you've just kept it on. Yeah. It's, it's part yeah, of your yeah. kit. Um, if you'd prefer not to be wearing your helmet at all times, you can make that statement. Because I'm just imagining you're going to be wearing the best that you can. Yeah. I don't think the helmet would be something that I'm wearing constantly. Um, right. But I would keep it on my person. So. Yeah. I mean, you would have a thick neck if yeah. you wore your helmet all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's already thick enough. <laughs> you you just wouldn't have a neck. You'd go straight from head to shoulders. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I can't actually turn my head, so. This <laughs> is a disadvantage. I have to use smaller people to wipe my butt for me. <laughs> uh yeah. Ulf is just gonna be thick boy. Yep, yep. <laughs> thick, thick, tanky boy. <laughs> so um we've kind of already hit on like what that means to the party and, and how your mm. your character fits in Iskloft. Um, you will have some major events coming up and some decisions to make, uh, but we'll have to leave that for next time since I think we're, we're about time right now. Is that correct? Timekeepers? Yes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Wasn't this an exciting episode? Wow. Yeah, wow. I mean, we're we're gonna try to keep the uh, the housekeeping kind of episodes to a minimum. Uh, I just felt like the the archetype was an important thing to hit on for people just to kind of understand like, oh no, there's this change that just happened. What are they doing now? Where did these abilities come from? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> so the archetypes in D and D are basically a subclass for whatever class you choose. You'll find those in normal five E as well. Um, Iskloff takes them a little bit differently, just as they it takes most things differently in the campaign setting. <clears throat> but of course, you know, playing a an indie campaign setting, which, um, like I mentioned, I think in our first episode, I reached out to the creator and he was all for it. He was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Send me a link. So um, that's really fun. I'm glad he like promotes this and 
Um, of course, again, if you want to know more about Iskloft, if you want to check it out or run it for your own gaming group, uh, the link to the PDF is in the description below. And uh, thank you, listeners, future Vikings, for sticking with our hijinks today. And uh, please follow us on our various social media platforms. The link tree to all of them are, is also in the description below. So check that out. Uh, the link tree URL there. And also, please, please take a moment. If you like the show, um, you know, hit the like button, hit and leave a comment. We we love to interact with our fans. Uh, we love to interact with most people. Let's be real. Um, but that definitely helps us out. It brings us to more listeners. It it puts our name out there a bit more. Uh, it, again, it might not mean much to you, but it means kind of the world to us. So we really appreciate you helping us out that way. And for our super fans, we do also have a Patreon, which you can find a link tree um, you can subscribe to. So depending on what tier you take for the Patreon, you can get access to an early release schedule for our various virtual releases. You can get behind the scenes media. You can get private Discord server access to chat with other future Vikings and the encampment cast. And you can even get VIP access to in-person events when those can safely start happening again. Among a variety of other perks. Just pick the best tier that fits your level of interest. And with that said, we'll catch you next time. Come hell or high water. <laughs>